Well, good morning. I want to share with you something this morning which I believe is a challenge within a challenge. Um, and so th- uh, the title of my message is Ready for the Challenge. And um, what I'm going to be talking about is, as I've just already mentioned, a challenge that is within the challenge. And uh, a challenge to, uh, to us uh, to, be, to be ready. Now, there's a scripture in Psalm 110. You can put that up, please. It says this. It says, and I've put, got a number of translations for you to uh, understand what the scripture is uh, pointing us to. It says, you, your people will be volunteers in the day of your power. And then uh, another translation says, your troops will be willing on your day of battle. Or another version, the people will be willing in the day of your power. And uh, another version says, when you go to war, your people will serve you willingly. And so uh, we are facing a challenge. We say we're facing a battle. And uh, before you can get ready, you have to be willing. You have to be willing. I don't have to tell you this morning that from a human perspective, whether it's on an individual level or a collective level, even on a national and worldwide uh, level, we are facing a great challenge because of the pandemic. And we are faced with many different opinions regarding that. We are faced with many different ways to respond and how to manage our lives to overcome uh, the direct effect of uh, uh, upon each and every one of us of the virus. But that's not really what I want to address right now. What I want to address uh, um, is the challenge that is within that challenge. For, the chur- for you and for me, for the church, as believers, I believe that there is that challenge uh, within the challenge. We are facing, we are facing <coughs> what we are facing, God has allowed God has allowed. And I believe that it is time of testing of the church. I believe it is a time when the children of God are called to stand up and prove who they are in Christ. You see, in times like this, we can lose sight of who our real enemies are. Now, I'm sure... COVID is an enemy in the natural. It is an enemy. But there is a more sinister and ultimately more destructive enemy. And that enemy is the one that seeks to destroy the advance of the kingdom of God by defeating the children of God through discouragement, through fear, and yes, through deception through deception. And what I'm about to say, I say it uh, uh, aware of the fact that it is something that maybe will uh, bring disagreement from some. But much of what is being broadcast today 
by those who claim to be prophets is akin to the false prophets that prophesied in Jeremiah's time. They prophesy to excite people. They prophesy to have people believe that they are receiving something no one else knows. They speculate about the end times. They satisfy what the Bible calls itching years. Above all else, many tie God's purposes to a nation, to a political party, or even to a leader. And that has no basis in the word of God. There's no basis in the word of God. And there seems, it seems to me the more I observe what's out there in the cyber world, it seems that there is a competition amongst prophets to come up with something that is different to what everybody else is saying. And having said that, I praise God this morning for the promise of Christ's second coming. I praise God for that. But Jesus tells me that speculating about it is futile. That's what Jesus tells you. That is in the Father's hand, and not even Jesus knows when. Claims to have been to heaven and received special information regarding these things are contrary to the word of God and those of Jesus himself. Now, I, I like the old hymn. There's a whole hymn, and it says this. In these days, the closing days of time, what joy the glorious hope affords, that soon a wondrous truth sublime, he shall reign king of kings and lord of lords. I like the chorus. We used to sing it, and uh, I used to enjoy singing it. It says, he's coming soon. He's coming soon. With joy, we welcome his returning. It may be morn, it may be night, or noon. We know he's coming soon. Amen? So, let me encourage you this morning just to rest in the hope of the promise. To rest in the hope of the promise. And as the Bible says, we are to occupy until he comes. In other words, be focused on and get involved in the work of the kingdom of God. And so I believe this morning that the challenge to the church and to you and me as we face this time of testing and proving is to keep the main thing the main thing. A few weeks ago, I shared along these lines, emphasizing at that time that it meant we have been called to live like Jesus. And that the Jesus' mission and therefore ours should be to seek and to save the lost. And so what I want to do today is really a call to action. And that is the challenge within the challenge. And I believe this morning that as each of us will do this, we have an exciting time ahead of us in our personal lives and in the life of our church fellowship. See, our circumstances, good or bad, our circumstances can open doors for us to minister to people and to share the gospel with them and to see them come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Gwyneth has a simple testimony to share with you, something that just happened this week. And so if you can come along, Gwyneth, and share that. Have you got the mic? Okay, just, just a testimony how doors can open up to us because of the circumstances that we're in. Okay, before I um, share what happened to me this week, um, some time ago, I've shared this with a few friends and, uh, and with Omri. A few, a few months ago, I had a dream from the Lord. And it was a very significant dream. Um, basically, what I saw was a huge, as far as the eye could see, um, a cornfield full, uh, just ripe, with ripe corn. And in this field, there were lots of people who I recognized, people who I knew, and people who I knew had passed on, but there were also people who were still amongst us. And they were all very busy harvesting this field. And what was significant about it is I spotted um, our daughter, uh, Keris, who died when she was two. But she was there in this field, I recognized her, and she was busy with everybody else um, harvesting this corn. And where we looked at each other, she recognized me, I recognized her, and there was a, um, a sort of uh, communication between us. But she carried on just working in this field. And that was my dream. And I shared it with Omri the next day. I didn't understand it, but... And I left it with the Lord. And um, every day in the last few weeks, I've been taking a walk by myself and just communicating with the Lord while I'm walking. And this week, I'm walking um, on Anselm Levine, and uh, this car pulls up by the side of me, toots the horn, and uh, I didn't recognize the car, I didn't rec recognize the person in the car. Pulled the window down, and I go and put my, my head near the window, and it's a lady who I knew from a, a local restaurant here. And uh, we, we greet each other, and uh, she, uh, says, you know, oh, I'm just taking a ride around. She said, I live on El Bazaar, but she said, I'm just, I live on my own, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I just need to get out. So she said to me in a, in a very sort of awkward way, she said, um, you were one of those, aren't you? She said, you're um, um, Christian. I said, yes, I am. And she said, well, how are you handling this? And I said to, uh, well, I said, there are times I said, you know, it does get a little bit frustrating. But I said, you know, knowing that God has everything in his hands, I said, it does help. And we continued in a conversation. And she said, well, I, so I said, would you like to come over? I said, and have a cup of coffee with me and we can talk about it. She said, I would love that. And my heart was so, I, I, I was bursting. I couldn't wait to get home to tell Omri. And I said to him, I said to the Lord, I said, okay, Lord, it's the field, it's the harvest. It's the time of harvesting. And you know what? We are going to be approached more and more and more. Omri and I stepped out of the house this morning. Our Jewish neighbor was dutifully mowing his lawn, and he turns to Omri and he says to me, are you off to church? And we said, yes. And he said, pray for me, will you? It's the time of harvest, folks. It's the time of harvest. Amen. So, you know, I just mentioned that uh, our circumstances can be opportunity, bring opportunities to us. 
And I believe that this morning that the trying circumstances we are in, God is going to bring opportunities to us to be a witness and a testimony of his grace and of his love and, and his ability to help us through all uh, the problems that we, we face. Our circumstances, opening doors for us to minister to people. Now, that lady that Gwyneth was talking about is a lady who had served us. We, we go fairly frequently after church on Sunday mornings to the same restaurant. And, um, you know, she's quite, quite friendly with us. But it's only since going through these circumstances that she asked the question, how are you? coping with it? How are you dealing with it? Thank God for those opportunities. And uh, we're praying that as uh, that, that uh, uh, contact will uh, develop into maybe com uh, coming to the house for a coffee, that it'll be an opportunity to lead that person to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. And so the question is this morning, can we, even in the midst of this difficult time, when circumstances certainly are not conducive, when circumstances maybe discourage it, can we have a renewed sense of commitment and determination in our walk with the Lord and to see God using us in ways that we wouldn't expect? Maybe when we, we physically and mentally we, we feel weak, can we find spiritual strength in God to be more determined than ever to give ourselves to serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I know that is my, that my prayer for myself, and I'm also praying it for everyone else, that we will all experience a fresh infusion of spiritual energy that, we will, see, that will see us grow individually and as a church. My prayer is that even through this time of difficulty, we will be gripped with a tremendous sense of purpose for our individual lives and for the life of our church fellowship. There are times, these are times to put aside every hindrance and draw near to God. As we do so, God will be able to speak to us and reveal things and his will to us. There's a, a scripture in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. You can put that scripture up. Next one, please. It says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. In good times, there is a tendency to be lax in our attention to the things of God. It is easy for us to get distracted in our lives, and we can bounce from one thing to another. We find it difficult to focus on one thing. There's so much detail in our lives, in our everyday lives, that we forget uh, uh, our priority. And let's face it, COVID-19 just expands that, exacerbates that, the, that problem. But the point is, 
That should not change our priority. It should not hinder us in our mission. See, as it's, we showed in the opening uh, statement, we have the choice of staying in our comfort zone or stepping out in faith to serve the Lord and face the challenges it brings. And make no mistake, it will be a challenge. You know, the interesting thing about this scripture is it says that there are many witnesses watching us. He's talking to about actually all the list of people of faith in chapter 11. And he says, these people are watching us. These people are in heaven watching us. Those people of faith, those people who died in faith, and they're watching us. And what, what, what are they watching? What are, what, what, are we, what are we told? There's a great crowd of witnesses. What are they watching? See, it's a, in that context, okay, they, they were the giants of faith. And you know, they want to know. They want to know whether we will rise like them as a people of faith. That's what that scripture is saying. In some ways, they're encouraging us. In some ways, they go for it. Just like we went for it, Let's just, just as we lived by faith, you too live by faith. Are you, going, are you going to meet the challenge of living by faith? Trying times often have the effect of driving us to God for help. And as such, it can be a time when God can speak to us if we will listen. The important thing, however, is to be focused not, on, not only on asking God for strength, to overcome the hardship or the problem we are facing, but to believe that through these circumstances, God is able to do a work within us by the Holy Spirit that equips us to rise above the circumstances and be an instrument in his hand to bring glory to his name. Amen? So rather than these, so rather than these times of difficulty this morning being something negative, they can be with God. They can be times of great blessing and progress in our walk with the Lord. Do you believe that this morning? Now, we need to remember the words of Jesus in John chapter 16. You put that slide up and it says this. It says, I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus was talking to the disciples. He was preparing them for the future. He was preparing them for the time when he would be leaving them, and then they would be on their own to face things. He says, now you're going to have maybe problems. The message puts this this way. I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this godless world, you will continue to experience difficulties. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Praise God. Praise God. And then the Apostle John in, in his first epistle, chapter 5, and verse 4 says this. For everyone who has been born of God, overcomes the world. 
And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith, we are to be a people of faith. In the midst of difficult circumstances, we are to be a people that are living by faith. Amen? For every child of God, NLT uh, defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through faith. And I believe this morning we must be more determined than ever, even in challenging times, to give ourselves in serving the Lord. So much preaching today promotes the thought that God is there to serve us. And when we see things from that perspective, we will fail to be truly used by God for his purposes and to attain the fullness of God's purpose for our own lives. And so I'm praying this morning, especially to those who are part of our fellowship, I pray you will today make a commitment to, ser to, be, to serve in the fellowship. We don't want you to be doing it just for me or for the elders or for whoever, but we want you to be doing it for the Lord. Amen? This will make a difference because more than the current problems, other problems will arise, but they will have less of a negative impact when we are working for the Lord and our eyes are focused on the Lord and not on people or circumstances. I pray that God will help you maintain your commitment, help us maintain our commitment, enthusiasm, and our momentum in order to fulfill what he has de determined for us to do. So what, what's the starting point? I want to share with you this morning something to help us do this. It is said that to be forewarned is to be forearmed. And therefore, make, make no mistake, there is an enemy that does not want us to succeed. <laughs> we, we need to be ready to face those things he will use to discourage us and, and to try to get us to give up. If we have to stay on course and build our church and ministries as God would have us build them, we must be a people who intimately know and are immersed in the word of God. We need to be a people who pray and seek God's face with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. And we need to walk daily <coughs> and minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. These things are vital if we are to be ready to meet the challenge. Now, in Second Timothy, Paul lays out some groundwork for motivation in ministry. We need to recognize this morning that the level of our motivation will affect the fruit that will be produced from our ministry. A wrong motivation can have an adverse effect upon the harvest from our ministry. What can we do to ensure that our motivation for ministry continues and that will enable us to overcome? The scripture in 2 Timothy 1, chapter 6, I'm may be familiar, you may be familiar with. He says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Amen? Fear is probably the greatest killer of ministries. Fear for whatever reason can <clears throat> and often does leave us 
impotent, unable to move forward. Even our, sp our giftings, our spiritual gifts, the spiritual gifts that may have already been imparted to us can remain dormant and unused and, un and ineffectual. And that is what Paul was saying to, to, to Timothy. Remember that I prayed over you. I laid my hands upon you. I imparted to you a spiritual gift. And so don't let that lie dormant. He says, fan it into flame. And I'm speaking this morning, I believe, to, to some. In, well, you're in my voice this morning. You have a gift given to you by God. And God is speaking to you this morning to fan that gift into flame. And that it becomes if, uh, something that is used for the honor and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Fear of failure, fear of lack of confidence, feeling of unworthiness, fear of man. Maybe asking, am I hearing from God? Am I sure this is God's will? You know, these, these are all sort of doubts Maybe difficult experiences you're going through, persecution. Now, all of us at some point in time may have faced one or more of those circumstances. But the apostle says this, we need to have a spirit of love and of self-discipline. Self-discipline. In other words, the ability to make right decisions. I'm sure you're familiar with that scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5, and it's not going to be on the overhead. It says, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Proverbs tells us we are to trust in the Lord with all our heart and to lean not on our own understanding. He says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. See, when we walk in the spirit, we see things in their proper perspective. Paul reminds us, he says, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. Amen? How? And again, he says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So often we, we face the battle and we feel overwhelmed. There's a scripture in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 15. And the prophet spoke to the king, Jehoshaphat. And he says, to, to, listen, king, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Amen. Hallelujah. So whatever you may be going through, whatever battle you may be facing uh, this morning, we have to put on the whole armor of God. Amen. We, we do not let wrestle. The, uh, Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places. And the battle at that level of battle, the battle is not ours. The battle is the Lord's. Amen? Hallelujah. 
So we need to do that. We need to avoid compromising the message. We mustn't have a compromised message. You know, there is a tendency today to, 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 to try to, to bring the gospel to the level of, of people. Okay? A pressure to dilute the power of the gospel. Maybe a, a, a temptation to dress up the gospel or to wrap it in some contemporary terms to make it more palatable to society around us. But there's one simple, the, the gospel has one simple message. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, the message of the cross is the power of God unto salvation. Amen? And he declared in Romans chapter 1, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. Amen? And to salvation. Paul repeats this message of not being ashamed in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1. He says, Yet I am not ashamed because I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Amen. So although this message is foolishness to the world, praise God this morning, it contains the power to save and transform people's lives. Amen. And we are not to bend what the Bible says. <clears throat> we are not to accommodate truth to whatever ideas are currently fashionable. We need to know the reality of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our lives to meet the challenge that is before us. Not just the challenge of the pandemic, but the challenge of working with God for the expansion and the extension of the kingdom of God. Now, the, in 2 Timothy, we're given a description of the kind of conditions that will exist in the last days. And we're going to put, I'm going to put the, the scripture up on, uh, on the overhead, and it says this, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, Lovers of money, and I'm just, these, these are sort of just breaking it down a little bit for, uh, in, in the, uh, from the, the, the full uh, scripture. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, despisers of good, traitors of headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, form of godliness, loaded with sins, led by lusts, denying the power of the gospel. Those who cannot know the truth, resist the truth, corrupt minds, evil men, impostors, deceivers. Uh, I, th I think one of the things to notice this, okay, um, many who are talking about the end times and trying to uh, get people's attention about the end times, okay, are all talking about you know, the wars, the rumors of wars, all the physical things that are happening out there as signs of the last days. When the signs, the greatest signs of the last days are contained in this scripture, is what is happening in the hearts and the minds of men and women all over the world. And so we, 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 we look at all those things out there and we become... Uh, fearful because of uh, all that's happening out there, but we're not 
recognizing what is happening in the hearts and minds of people and what is happening in society, the destruction of uh, lives around and about us through the intrusion of all of these ungodly uh, things in their lives. And so the point Paul is making is that in the time period before the second coming of Christ, life is going to be increasingly difficult. In our day, we see a significant rise in immorality, social chaos, economic upheaval, and the like. Yet, it is precisely into that kind of world that God has both equipped and called us to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me say it again. It is precisely into that kind of world that God has both equipped and called us to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise God. That's a, wonderful, that's a great challenge, isn't it? It's a great challenge. And what makes it possible for us to minister in such a difficult and seemingly impossible situation? The only way we can do it is through the power of the Holy Spirit. The last days are not only perilous, but having said all that, the last days are not only perilous times, but also the days in which God promises, I will pour out of my spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 17 to 21, and shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in these days, and they shall prophesy. Praise God. So as much as we recognize what Paul says about the difficult times, where should our focus be this morning? Our focus should be on this. Amen? And it shall come to pass, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Praise God. Praise God for that this morning. So let's, let's keep our minds centered on the main thing. So to get to the core of my message this morning, are you ready? Are you ready? If not, will you make a commitment right now to join in the battle? And our opening scripture, okay, was your people will be volunteers in the day of your power. Or your troops will be willing in your day of battle, and so on. And so what are the implications of this verse for you and for me? It's about saying yes to God. Are you going to say yes to God this morning? Okay. Here are some further ways to get ready. We just put the slide up, and I'm just going to uh, go through these briefly. Okay. Pursue God's presence. Pursue God's presence in your life. There's a lot I could add to that, okay, but I'm, I'm, going to, I'm just going to go through them quickly this morning. Do some cleanup. Do some cleanup. Repent and confess things that nothing will hinder his presence in your life. Make praise and worship a priority in your life. Have a passion to keep growing in the things of God. Make that commitment to serve God. Witness whenever you can. Give God your best. Amen? There's so much we could add to that and expand on that, okay? But this morning, the most important challenge 
<clears throat> for us is to win the battle for the souls of men and women for Christ. In the midst of the challenge of COVID, there is this other challenge of knowing what it is to be a witness for the Lord and to bring glory to his name. Amen.